during our travels to visit our family in South Carolina after Christmas, we endured I-95 South. Many of you have done that. What should have taken six hours took nine. Not surprisingly, we have uh, learned many back roads in rural central North Carolina. Steve Allsbrook, thank you for some of the instructions you've given me over the years. I met some towns I didn't know existed there. They had a, a detoured us, and we meandered through, as sometimes happens. But as we passed through one of the towns, I saw a sign with that town's motto. It read, Deep Roots, Strong Branches. Deep Roots, Strong Branches. And as a preacher, I'm always thinking about something for a sermon. And I thought to myself, that'll preach. Deep Roots, Strong Branches. It reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples the night that he was betrayed. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain or abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Deep roots, strong branches. You might ask, Pastor Bob, what was the name of the town where you saw the sign? I can't remember. I just remember the sign. I have no idea, but I remember the motto. That's more important. I even Googled it in preparation for today, trying to see if I could find enough word combinations and locations to get a hit, and I didn't find a thing. However, what did come up in my Google search was quite interesting. While I was searching online for deep roots, strong branches, I found a book by the same title by an author named Alan Spector. He's actually retired from corporate America and had a passion for writing and now does motivational speaking and has written a number of books. And in his book, Deep Roots, Strong Branches, he quotes an African proverb that says, Where the, when the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear the wind. Where the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear the wind. And then he offered a complimentary precept to that quote. When the branches are strong, there is no reason to fear climbing higher. Church, when the roots are, and when the branches are strong, meaning the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear climbing higher. There is no reason to fear following the ways of God as he leads us into the future. Church, here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church, we've got deep roots and we've got strong branches. Deep roots weather the storm. And you can think back over our 60 years to a number of the challenges that we have faced as a congregation and as a community, and God has been faithful. There is no reason to fear the wind. There is no reason to fear climbing higher. We have deep roots which have been established in this soil for some 60 years. In fact, this June we'll celebrate our 60th anniversary, our 60th Heritage Day celebration. It's 
very ironic. God has a sense of humor that this particular piece of property used to be a nursery. Did you know that? This used to be a nursery where plants and trees were grown and sold. How wonderful it is that we are planted here in this place and that over 60 years we've grown deep roots and strong branches, roots that have been nurtured in prayer, reading of God's word, teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, serving on mission here and abroad, loving one another, and being the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us who are among the least of these God's children. These roots can withstand what tree people call wind throw. Wind, wind throw. One word, wind throw. Wind throw is when a, the wind blows and it just blows the tree over and the root ball is exposed on the ground. It doesn't break. It doesn't snap. It just falls over. Often they say that trees that are grown in a greenhouse don't have the strength to withstand the wind, and they are often put outside in the wind for a season to gain strength so that when they are transplanted, they will grow deep roots, a strong trunk, and strong branches. We, we don't need to be concerned about wind throw. We've got deep roots and strong branches. And we must continue to cultivate that kind of growth here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. We've got something special here, I believe. Something that many churches do not have. We have people of multiple generations. We are not all the same. We've got the builders. The silent generation. Gen X, like myself. Did I miss the baby boomers? Then the Gen X. We have millennials. We have Gen Z. We've got Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha was born in 2013 and beyond. We look around our church and we see multiple generations. That is a strength to build on. That is not a weakness. That is not something to be ashamed of. I am just as excited when an 85-year-old joins our church as I am when a 60-year-old makes a profession of faith in Jesus Christ and Christ and sees baptism and all in between. We are to praise God for giving us the opportunity to serve in a multi-generational church and to be the very best that we can be. It's a beautiful thing, something to build upon. I believe God is calling us to be more diverse, not only in our age, but in our ethnicity and our nationalities, to look at the community around us and see how we can become more and more reflective of those people who are around us, whom God has called us to serve. One of the things that's cool about being a multi-generational church is that when a college student is struggling, when they're hurting, when they're going through exams, when they're having a tough time, the senior adult feels the pain. They care. They send care packages, and they minister. You know, it's a wonderful thing to see as a parent. What's it look like to be multi-generational? It means thriving together. It looks like thriving together. The word thrive has its origins in the Old Norse and Old Saxon languages. It can be traced back to a root that means to grasp or to hold on to. 
to thrive then means to flourish, to prosper, to grow vigorously, not just surviving, not just trying to keep the lights on, not just getting by, but rather we are flourishing, we are thriving, we are seeking to grow vigorously, and it takes all generations together to do that. Recently, I heard a church being interviewed, and he was talking about church growth, and the temptation is to think that church growth is just numeric. It's numeric because something's happening in the church. Yes, there are churches that can attract a crowd and that can get a bunch of people together, but we're about spiritual growth. And as you study the book of Acts chapter 2, which you heard read earlier by Nancy, when a church is doing what a church is supposed to do in the New Testament, it will grow. It will happen. But this pastor was asked, what's one of the signs of a spiritually mature church? And what he said perked my ears. He said, the sign of a spiritually mature church is spiritually immature people. And I said, what? Wait a minute. The sign of a spiritually mature church is spiritually immature people are there. And then he said, think about a forest. Large trees that are deeply rooted with a canopy have what under them? Little trees, saplings who are being nurtured and cared for and who are maturing. When you look out into a field and see cattle, what do you see around them? Little calves. And you can think about other examples of that. And then I started to see what he was saying. A, a spiritually mature church has people around the, uh, the mature believers who are eager to learn, who are being discipled, who are growing in their faith, who are taking baby steps. This is exactly what was happening in the Acts chapter 2 church in Jerusalem. This takes perseverance, faith, fortitude. Perseverance is found in the book of Hebrews a lot. To persevere is to persist, to pursue a goal without giving up. Webster's defines it to continue in an effort or course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. To go forward in spite of the headwind. Often to take the headwind and use it to tack to the journey. Someone said perseverance is not a long race. It's many short races, one after the other. Jesus most certainly had this in mind when he said on the Sermon on the Mount, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door you will be opened to you. Matthew 7, 7. The verb there is present active imperative and it implies a continual action into the future. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Don't give up. Continue to be about growing deep roots and strong branches. Today's sermon text from the book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. I just want you to take, take an opportunity to read through it. One of my favorite passages is in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, what a wonderful opportunity we have to celebrate 60 years this year and prepare this church to reach the generations, to equip, empower, and encourage them for the years that are to come. 60 years this June, we held our first service just across the street in a house on Monte. Listen to the first paragraph, which I've read to you before, the first paragraph of our church's history, written by Eric Millirons. We used it in our 50th anniversary celebration in 2014. Can you believe that was 10 years ago this summer? When the eleven huddled in the upper room after the crucifixion of Christ, Eric writes, they had no way of knowing that their small group would be the beginnings of a church that would grow in spirit and in size, passing the test of time, all for the glory of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. When Huguenot Road Baptist Chapel held its first Sunday service on June 14, 1964, in a small rented home at 2829 Monteith Road, There were 51 in attendance. They had no way of knowing that this small group would lead, would lead to a church 50 years later that would have over 1,600 members and a facility that would aid in presenting Jesus, the Son of God, through Christian love and concern to their neighbors. This is the story, writes Eric, of that journey, one with high points and low points, one with tears of joy and tears of sadness, one filled with the blessings that the church has gained and has shared. I've read this document numerous times. I'd encourage you to do the same. It's in our library. It reminds me of the determination and perseverance of the charter members and other pioneers on whose shoulders we now stand. They faced many obstacles and yet trusted in the promises of God who never failed. Their faith inspires us to continue to persevere to ensure that there is a faithful, moderate Baptist church to serve the people of North Chesterfield, South Richmond, and beyond. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 The one who promises, God, is faithful. Yet the Christian life is filled with challenges and difficulties. With the help of God who is faithful, we can persevere through our difficulties and be his witnesses to a broken and hurting world who is in need, so much need. Our guiding North Star statement reminds us that we are to love as Jesus loved, to listen and understand, and to empathize with our community. This statement is really about incarnational ministry, that in Jesus' name, as his hands and feet, that we love everyone around us, that we love our neighbor as ourselves, that we seek to listen and understand where they're coming from, what their needs are. And then, as Jesus did, we enter into their lives, often coming alongside in their suffering, empathizing with them. And we do this for our immediate community, and we seek to do that for the world. 
We have been tested over these last several years, though. Four years ago, can you believe it? Four years ago, we worshiped in January, and then just around the corner, everything shut down in March because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then a couple of, a few months later in May, George Floyd's murder initiated a major reckoning around our country and the world of the unfair systems and structures that were due to racial disparities. Partisan politics ripped at our country then, and it does even to this day. And now as we enter an election year, we are uh, concerned that there may be more of that strife in our country and even in our community. Many people today are cynical of church and Christianity. They like our churches. They like our Christ, but they don't necessarily like our churches. The fastest growing segment of the country that responds to, uh, uh, to when, when you're asked about religious affiliation are people who are called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, people who have no religious affiliation. They select none when they are asked about their religious tradition. Church, things are not the way that they were before COVID. But we don't have to allow it to dictate our future. It was one of the hardest seasons I've ever faced in ministry. I learned a whole lot. I'm better for it. I'm better having led a church through a very difficult season. We are stronger people. But we cannot let the negativism, the difficulties, define our future to dictate what our purpose is. So in faith, we strive to trust God to lead us into the future with our mission to make disciples and baptize and teach them everything Jesus said and did. So we must persevere and never give up. How do we persevere in challenging times? We learn from what the preacher says here in the book of Hebrews in the 10th chapter. The first nine chapters were theological in nature, and then in chapter 10, it starts to get very practical. In verse 19, he remind, the writer reminds us who we are. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, we are sisters and brothers in Christ. We are community. And we are a community because of the shed blood of Jesus, because of what he did for us. And we are God's chosen people whom he has called to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are brothers and sisters. Number two, verse 22 reminds us that we are to draw near to God, that we are to make spiritual disciplines a priority, prayer, Bible reading, fellowship, Silence, solitude, service, things a priority that we function drawing near to God daily as his people. And verse 23 says that we are to hold unswervingly to the hope we have, to hold on tight to the God who is faithful. Verse 24 says that we are to spur one another on. We are to motivate one another. If there's someone we have missed and we haven't seen them in a little bit, that we reach out and say, hey, I just wanted to check on you and to see how you're doing and make sure you're okay. How can I be a help? We missed you. I hope to see you Sunday. Motivate one another, spurring one another on. And then verse 25, that we don't 
give up meeting together, that we are called as God's people to worship together, and we hope that we are able to do that to the best of our physical ability as one body, but sometimes we can't be here physically and we worship online and we keep up with the church in other ways, but make worship a priority. It happens every week that we gather together to bring prayers and sing hymns and listen to preaching and then to go forth to be charged to be the presence of God in the community. And then verse 25, the last part of it, says that we are to encourage one another. To come alongside and spur one another on with words of encouragement. Dr. Jim Fleming, who passed away this past year, longtime pastor of First Baptist in Richmond, said there are those who believe in others who build them up and believe in their possibilities. And at the end of their life, they are remembered for their encouragement of others. Deep roots, strong branches. When the, t- when the going got tough, can you think about someone who believed in you, who encouraged you, a person who had deep roots and strong branches? When the roots are deep, there is no reason to fear the fall. Sometimes we are able to see the blessings, the the fruit that comes. But more often than not, we aren't able to see it. It might be a generation later. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Where he said, I... In verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. God brings the growth. We are the ones who join him and get to do this work. Not I have to, but we get to do this work. J.R.R. Tolkien captures this sense in the fellowship of the ring with the following words of poetry. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. To the glory of God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We shall break bread together this morning. Pray that you prepare your hearts and minds as we take these few moments of Holy Communion. After our prayer, I'm going to invite you to reflect on the music as it is played, and then we'll receive the elements together.
Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we come before you today with penitent hearts and with grateful hearts, knowing that we are not worthy to gather up the, even the crumbs under your table. But we're grateful that your character is to always have mercy and to grant us forgiveness when we ask for it. And so today, Father, we ask for your forgiveness for the sins that we've committed, for the things that we have done, and for the things that we failed to do when we should have. We ask you to bless us, O oh Father, and help us in our walk to, to become closer with you and to walk in your ways. Most of all, we thank you for the life of your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to save us from our sins. We bless you for that great gift to us. And in the name of 